You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Aloha. This is Joanna Cameron speaking. ISIS from The Secrets of ISIS. You are now listening to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. Almighty ISIS. Hello, fangirls and fanboys everywhere. Welcome to Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. Yes, they do. I'm your host, Joe Stuber, coming to you directly from the super secret lair, where each and every week I showcase the talented folks who bring our favorite comic book characters to life on the small screen, the big screen, on stage, in video games, and so much more. Welcome. We are smack dab in the middle of filmation celebration here on Comic Book Central. That's right, three straight weeks talking about the company that brought us classic animated and live-action excitement on Saturday mornings back in the day. If you're new to Comic Book Central, welcome. Glad to have you on board. Not long after I launched the show, I spoke with actors Jackson Bostwick and Michael Gray, who portrayed Captain Marvel and Billy Batson. If you haven't had a chance to already, if you're new to the show, you can check out those episodes 9 and 10 of Comic Book Central for those interviews. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. You get all the episodes that way. You can download them on iTunes or check out the website, comicbookcentral.net. You can get them streaming on there. There's also a handy-dandy button you can click and subscribe to the show, like the Facebook page, Twitter, all those different things. In those episodes and these current ones during Filmation Celebration, I do drop a little bit of knowledge about Filmation. But if you want to learn more, and I mean so much more, you're going to want to check out a couple of really terrific books. First, there is the book Animation by Filmation by Michael Swanigan. It was out of print for a while. It's now available again on Amazon. So check that out. There's also another book called Lou Scheimer, Creating the Filmation Generation by Lou Scheimer, co-founder of Filmation and friend of Comic Book Central, Andy Mangles. That book is also available on Amazon. You can also find it at Tomorrow's Publishing. It's Tomorrow's, T-W-O-M-O-R-R-O-W-S dot com. So check those two books out. Good stuff there. Good stuff here at Comic Book Central. Hope you caught last week's episode where I kicked off Filmation Celebration with the lovely Pamela Inferden from Space Academy and so many more shows. She was also in an episode of one of my all-time favorite Filmation shows, Shazam!, And that's the universe into which we're headed today and next week as well. Today, I'm taking a look at the Shazam! spinoff show called The Secrets of Isis. That show premiered 40 years ago this year. So I'm going to celebrate the anniversary of this groundbreaking show with none other than the star of the series. She portrayed the superhero Isis. Take a listen to this, and then I'm going to be right back with a very rare interview you'll hear only on Comic Book Central. Be sure to share and retweet this one, folks, because I'm going to be chatting with the amazing Joanna Cameron. In 1975, the live-action production Shazam! was a huge rating success. 
This caused the producers at Filmation to wonder if they could capture that Shazam lightning in a bottle once again by coming up with, and thereby owning, a new superhero for Saturday morning TV. Now, keep in mind, this was at a time when just about every superhero on movie and TV screens was male. In a bold move, Filmation producers created the first television series featuring a female superhero, months before Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and Lindsay Wagner's Bionic Woman. The series was called Isis, and it was later renamed The Secrets of Isis for syndication, and the character's origin was spelled out in the show's open each and every week. Oh my queen, said the royal sorcerer to Hatshepsut, with this amulet, you and your descendants are endowed by the goddess Isis with the powers of the animals and the elements. You will soar as the falcon soars, run with the speed of gazelles, and command the elements of sky and earth. 3,000 years later, a young science teacher dug up this lost treasure and found she was heir to the secrets of Isis. And so, unknown to even her closest friends, Rick Mason and Cindy Lee, she became a dual person, Andrea Thomas, teacher. Almighty Isis. And Isis, dedicated foe of evil, defender of the weak, champion of truth and justice. Flying, running, jumping, all around superheroics, the dual role of Andrea Thomas and Isis called for an actress who was not only believable as an educator and mentor, she had to have mad athletic skills. Enter Joanna Cameron, whose first movie role was alongside Hollywood heavyweights Bob Hope, Jackie Gleason, and Jane Wyman, right out of the gate. From that supersized acting premiere, Joanna went on to appear in numerous television and film roles, including the feature Pretty Maids All in a Row, starring Rock Hudson. Now, landing the role of Isis was huge. There wasn't anything like it on television at the time. And it wasn't anything like it in the comic books at the time, either. Remember, Isis was an original character. So, unlike Captain Marvel, comic book fans had no idea what to expect from this television series. What they got was one of the most memorable fictional characters in history. Every Saturday morning, teacher Andrea Thomas, as Isis, would right wrongs, stop the bad guys, teach us young'uns valuable life lessons with the assistance of her fellow teacher, Rick Mason, played by Brian Cutler, and students Cindy Lee and Rennie Carroll, played by Joanna Pang and Ronalda Douglas. The show became so popular that DC Comics actually brought the character into the world of comic books in Shazam! number 25. This issue, written by Denny O'Neill and featuring artwork by Dick Giordano, mirrored the television team-ups of Isis and Captain Marvel. Just two months later, Isis got her own DC comic in a self-titled series. Now, the character of Isis continued through filmation in the 1978 animated series Freedom Force. And while Joanna wasn't a part of that show, she wasn't done with the world of superheroes just yet. She guest-starred in a two-part episode of the Amazing Spider-Man television series titled The Deadly Dust, which featured of course, Nicholas Hammond as the wall crawler. In this story, Joanna plays Gail Huffman, an investigative reporter for a Florida newspaper, given the assignment of uncovering the secrets of our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want you to get the examiner an interview with that Spider-Man character. I want to do a cover story on him. You're kidding. You want to do a cover story on some weirdo who thinks he's a cross between Rudolph Nureyev and Tarzan? 
The public will eat it up. Wait a minute. How am I supposed to get in touch with this man? Look him up in the phone book. Funny, gal, funny. There's some people you should see for research. The real key is a college student who's a part-time photographer for the New York Daily Bugle. Until this news film, he was the only one that was ever able to get close to this Spider-Man. Hmm. Peter Parker. That's the one. Well, my guest today, she fought crime alongside Captain Marvel and the Amazing Spider-Man. She even got a DC comic book named after her character. Here to help me celebrate the 40th anniversary of her Saturday morning superhero show, Isis, is Joanna Cameron. Joanna, welcome to Comic Book Central. Well, it is a delight to speak with you. It is a delight to have you on the show today. This is amazing. First of all, happy anniversary. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I still picture myself eating my Captain Crunch, sitting in front of the TV Saturday morning. Mean, how has it been this long? This is amazing. I can't imagine. And I can promise you, I too sat in front of the TV, because there were only three networks at that time. <laughs> That's right? true. And I too was dazzled and um, amazed uh, and humbled by the fact that this could be seen so many places. Okay, did you actually watch the show? That like, Of course. Because a lot of times actors and actresses are like, I can't watch myself, but you actually watched no, the show? No, 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 no. You know, I, had, I, um, I really wasn't all that old when I made this. I was just out of college, and um, that's why it was good to be a chemistry teacher. And um, my family, my mom and dad, were alive at the time. So it was quite an amazing experience, delightful time in my life to pick up the phone and talk to my parents. And they seen what I was seeing, because we were brought up in Colorado. And so, you know, again, I had many friends, college friends, high school friends. It was an amazing time, an amazing experience. And because I had had the most incredible previous five or six years doing an enormous amount of, you know, beauty spots and soft drinks and, and that entire time, when I had the um, you know incredible, delightful time to work the same time that Jackie, Kate, and Sarah were doing commercials, and we all crossed each other's paths and all, um, that I had that experience in New York and L.A. and other places, and I had done an enormous amount of work at Universal, had you know, and, and I thought about this this morning, and you know, this whole story really starts with Bob Hope. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. You were in college. You were getting your degree, and then all of a sudden, Bob Hope comes into your life. How did that happen? Well, um, as a young lady, I had decided that I wanted to go to college in California. And my parents graciously supported my ideas, came out here. I attended the University of California in Riverside, walked in the back door at Disneyland, begged them for a job. They gave me a job as a tour guide for two years I was there. My first print job, you know, and I told you privately, I am going to do a DVD. It's driving me nuts. I have all this memorabilia. And even though I just do it for my friends, you know, my family, um, I have my original print from the Carnation Company that actually was my first print job as a model in the state of California. Oh, I wow. never had dreams to do this. I came out to California to get an education, maybe be a dance teacher, a lit teacher, some kind of a teacher. And so, it kind of took off from there. Well, you were going to get into marketing, too, right? You got a degree in marketing. I have a degree in marketing. That's okay. Right. I'm a non-talk, non-stop talker. Well, how did... Okay, so Bob Hope... I got Hope, that from my so father, you, by the way. You met Bob Hope's daughter. 
Yes, very briefly. And okay. I had had the agent, and they were terrific. And all of a sudden, I had an interview at Paramount, and oh. it was going to be spring break. And I went over, and um, for the first time in many years, I was at Paramount Studios. And Mr. Hope and Mr. Gleason were there, along with the director. Mm. And I was signed for a picture, and William Morris was my agent. This is How to Commit Marriage? Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable to that young of an age and already the legends, the legends in the oh, business. What did you learn from them? It's hard to live up to the rest of your life in some ways. <laughs> the bar is set pretty high, like right off the bat, isn't it? My goodness. It was. What it did was. you learn from them at such an early age that you were able to take throughout your acting career? Professionalism starts with the P. <laughs> Use it. Nobody was ever late on that set unless it was Mr. Gleason, you know. Yeah. That's a whole other decision, but no, it was tremendous. It's tremendous. The first two incredible experiences were that Jane Wyman played my mother in my first film, and then because I was under contract over at Universal, they very kindly put me in a picture. It took me to Europe, and it was more or less the first huge novel that went into television, and it was Harold Robbins' The Survivors. You know, this could take an hour to talk about, too, but... <laughs> we'll have to do a two-parter. <laughs> you know, Lana Turner was the lead in that show. Oh. Ralph Bellamy, George Hamilton, Kevin McCarthy, and then this little girl they sent out from the studio. That's a who's who. That's a who's who of Hollywood right there. That had to make and, the decision to get into acting a little bit easier for your parents to take, too. Well, I don't <laughs> argue with that. <laughs> As you can tell, and I'm still that way, I have to harness my energy. And my mother, I truly believe, had me in every dance class, flute and piano class she could find. Okay. So mom's encouraging the, all, the whole time. All that. Wow. Totally. Look, the resume is just amazing when you come into this. Uh, and to all the commercial work, too. I mean, you can see there's so, many, there's so much out on YouTube. You look at it. You were the uh, Union Oil Sparkle Girl, too. Well, that's a great commercial. I love watching yeah. that, especially the guy like trying to get gas and his, his wife's like, you already got gas. <laughs> Again, I had um, a very special timing in the industry. Sarah, Kate, Jackson, um, Lauren Hutton, and others had gone out, especially, let me not forget, Cheryl and Christy, all right, had gone out and broken the mold where one had to be, you know, 6'2 and weigh 95 pounds to be successful in the advertising agency. And therefore, when I came out of college, I had had this dance training, the, you know, the singing training, and you could put me on a horse, a bike. It didn't matter. I was happy. I'd been brought up in the West. And there were a lot of young ladies who didn't have that college training, so you'll notice in an enormous amount of the spots I did, something's happening. I'm on yeah. a horse, I'm on a bike, I'm running down the street, I'm on a sailboat. I thought it was just the most amazing adventure. And I still have the reel that we sent to the Guinness Book of Records people because I refused to give it up. This was, you, And I think you, you mentioned that you were in the most commercial, you had done the most commercials or something or set a record for that at the time? In all humility, let's capitalize this, and please, you know, I am sure that someone like Ed McMahon did more 
did more physical <laughs> commercials. Right. However, when they came to talk to me, and I had a tremendous PR agent, even though it was not a, I didn't have him for long, but he was great, and then he moved. Well, he took Linda Carter over me, and his name was Warren Cowan. He was, he was wonderful. But in the meantime, Warren had cooked this thing up that he really knew that I had done all these spots. And he said, we're going to call the Book of Records. He did, and you know what? They called back. Wow. And then they said, fine, send us a reel a film. So put together a reel of film, sent it to them. They loved it. There you go. Oh, that's amazing. Well, hey, Linda Carter got Wonder Woman, but you beat her to the punch. I, I'm sorry. You, you should add it? her name as well. She's she's a delight. She's you, she's she's a terrific mother. You know, she's amazing. She's Wonder Woman, but you beat her to the punch by a few months. Uh, as the the first act, I want to make sure I get this right because I know Kathleen Crosby. We you know we had her on the show. Oh, um, yes, her she, too. She I know she was the she was the year before as Wonder Woman, but for a regular series, you were the first live action superhero in to have her own series. Let's talk about Isis, uh, 40th anniversary. This is amazing. You played mm-hmm. Andrea Thomas, uh, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, school teacher, and Isis. How did you first hear about this role? <laughs> well, CBS Network got in touch with me, and I was out shooting somewhere doing something, and um, they were actively involved with Filmation, who had produced the um, Fat Elbert show, Right. Correct. And Filmation more or less owned the time on Saturday morning. It was on CBS Network. I had worked for CBS before. They called me. They set up an interview. I remember the casting lady and the producers were delightful, usually, Norman and Arthur. We did have a little argument over the um, original costume and the boots. Lasted a long time, the argument about the boots. <laughs> and... Um, I went back to shooting whatever I was doing. I remember what I was doing. And they said, no, 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 please. Let's talk about this some more. So, yeah, I went back and spoke with both the producers and and the casting lady. And I thought, you know, I'll fill the summer with this. I'll go back to New York. (laughs) And I used to spend like a month or so in in the fall in, in New York. And I just thought this would be great, you know, children. We're going to do it in the high school. I get to do all my own stunts. Hey, this is a great deal. Why not? I had no idea. No one had any idea. They ran it, and it ran opposite ABC, uh, Saturday Morning Sports, and the producer of that at that time was a wonderful man by the name of Andy Sedaris. The thing about ISIS is it ran every Saturday morning. Yeah, we think about that. There's only 22 episodes, but they just ran them repeats over and over and over. Over and over. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely, you you didn't need a DVR back then. It was on every weekend. That's correct. Okay, I'm still blushing now, all right? It it was just, um, you know, and uh, it um, it was more than a delightful time. As you have mentioned, very few women have the pleasure of actually starring in your own national TV series, where you know everyone, all the grips, everybody that's on the show. Oh, boy, here comes a new guest star this week. What's the story about? You know, Joanna Pang was a delight. Brian was a delight. I can't say enough nice things about the experiences I had. My gosh, they stood there and they waited for you to walk out your trailer. (laughs) Are you kidding me? What more could an actress want at that point, right? Right. 
Well, let's talk about a little bit about Lou Scheimer, uh, the great Lou Scheimer of Filmation. Yeah. We lost him in, in 2013. What was your relationship like with him? I had a close relationship with each one of the producers because they were artists, they owned their own studio, and they wanted me to come to work. So I can't you know, say anything but really positive things about them because look at the opportunities and, and uh, all they gave me. I joined the Directors Guild of America because I directed an ISIS episode. Me. Directed it. That's fantastic. I mean, what opportunities you got? Talk a little bit about that that experience. Well, <laughs> you can say cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's that's go. all I'm going to talk about. We're not talking about directing right now, okay? <laughs> well, what was I mean? Just to how difficult uh, was that to to do both? Well, that's why you know, and I don't know a, a great director who would not agree with the fact that you have to have a great crew, a great cinematographer. I had it all. Yeah, it was right there. Oh, Our cinematographer was Robert Sparks. He was a legend. He still is. He, did, he went on to do years on Chips. He was a cinematographer for Chips for years. Anyway, his credits are as long as my arm. And again, please remember the atmosphere. We were shooting a Saturday morning children's show that was going to take place in the high school. There were, you know, 50, 60 kids. Lunch was a riot. It was like eating in a cafeteria. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts to the show. Uh-huh. A lot of moving parts. I have to ask, and we'll get to – there's a – Facebook group that's out there. They've been giving us some questions, so we want to get to those as well. But uh, there's a few more I have. Since this was an original character, obviously Shazam was an established character. They dreamed this up. That's why they own everything. How much of the backstory did they know about her? How much was planned out? How much did you kind of make up as you went through the series? Oh, no, 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 no. Not to reflect on anything else who uses this word, and I don't want to do that. But these gentlemen had done some very serious study in anthropology. They had completely researched the Isis goddess, Egyptian religion in its day. She's the daughter of two of the biggest deities in Egyptian history before Christianity. And therefore, if you look at the opening of the show, which is animated, Mm -hmm. you will see how this character evolves. And that's because the teacher found one of the goddess's pieces of jewelry in Egyptian sand. So, <laughs> and that well, that's and I wanted to ask you in playing the character, did you portray her as being taken over by the spirit of Isis, or that Andrea oh, was empowered with? No, with no, the... no. Andrea was empowered with a special power. If you want to believe in it, same thing that Superman flew. Okay. Yeah. And and, yeah, it be not, nice? not to get too detailed about a Saturday morning kids show, but I'm oh, just it is. interested. Oh, again, you know, hmm, yeah. you can write books on this stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, again, because so many people grew up in it. Yeah. You know, it ran five years. It had its own life in DVD. I know because I'm aware of it. Yeah. Um, I have copies in foreign languages. No, I didn't get any money for it. You know, they sold it to a third party, et cetera, et cetera. That's, That's always quite the a case. Right. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you don't, you don't go down a road you're not going to win. Um, it was seen by so many young people who have now grown up. Speaking of the 40th anniversary, I still get the most wonderful letters and communiques and correspondence from people. 
Oh, it's a, well, it's amazing too. And, th- and that you led us right into a couple of our of our listener questions here. Um, let's go to some of the Facebook questions. Greg Cochran wants to know. You you mentioned the amulet. Let's talk about the costume. Did you get to keep the amulet? No, they own it. They owned everything. <laughs> what producers do? They own well, everything. Well, I know Jackson no, Bostwick has a Shazam costume, to. so you know we talked about. No, no, how t- kind <laughs> of you. No, there were two costumes, two okay. complete costumes. And uh, they kept everything, and I have no idea what happened to it. Okay, so the amulet's not hanging around. Um, okay, no. and you also mentioned the DVDs. Pamela Parrish wants to know: uh, Do you know if they're going to be re-released? We know they were released, and then I it went out really of print. Don't. Those Any people talked to me when they had bought it for DVD. I never heard from them again. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just. But it is beautifully packaged, so let's jump forward here. It's beautifully packaged. I've seen it. I have copies. I've signed copies. And uh, I'm grateful that they put it out in such a, an exquisite package. Yeah, and it's on Hulu, too, so we can check it out there. Uh, let's see, you mentioned doing your own stunts uh, for ISIS. Mm-hmm. What, were, what were some of the stunts you did? And describe some of the flying scenes. We see a lot of different flying <laughs> elements involved here. How, how difficult? Run, what were the challenges there? Run up, run up this rock and boot. Sure. Jump on this horse. Sure. Swim across this creek. Sure. Play with this bear. Sure. Toss him on the ground. Sure. You know, it didn't matter. Because, again, if you look at my personal athletic background, because of where I was brought up, and because I just spent all that time doing different things and commercials, it wasn't a big deal. I did anything that they needed. Go ride a bike, sure. Go run down the street, sure. The flying was done, number one, blue screen with a huge trapeze thing hung around you in the studio. Very old school. They had the blue screen behind you, and they'd talk you through it, arms up, arms out, legs down. And there's a couple of photos that I've seen where I'm in the harness and the crew's, like, holding me up, and, and the wardrobe is sipping on the boots or something. So it was old school blue screen, and you were in a trapeze harness. And they flew you everywhere. And you did the whole spin thing that way. Any difficulties? Anything go awry? Or did it all go pretty smooth? It all goes smoothly. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, And here's the other thing, though, that does stick in my mind. When you see the character against real city background... Lou actually had rigged a school bus where I was presented on a little podium affair on top of the school bus, and I'd lay on it, and they basically kind of tie me into it. Ready? And then the camera truck would come alongside the school bus, and the only thing you would see then is me flying against a real sky, a real city, and we did these shots like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning in the summer. Isn't that innovative? It's it's interesting because there's all these different takes, and you see that on Shazam too, where there's all these different mm-hmm. elements of flying. It looks like even in season two, you got a little bit more budget to work with, so some some better special effects on there. Let's talk about Shazam. Uh, some of those crossover episodes. Um, you worked mostly with John Davy, or you didn't get to work with yes. Jackson Boswick directly. No, although I met him and everything, okay. but no, John John and I did like the whole CBS Network Kids premiere show together and work together and he's a wonderful father person just great guy stuff what was it like to work with him and michael gray and les tremaine that whole uh michael gray again totally delightful his mother would come by she was an absolute joy he was a joy um the other gentleman les tremaine you know it's like working again with one of the old school actors 
you know, I had the pleasure of working with so many old school actors and stars. It was just a different world than what I hear, you know, sometimes movie sets are like today, but I'm sure they're fabulous. You know, if you work with um, artisans and professionals, it's a tremendous industry. See the product they produce today. We talk about those flying scenes. Captain Marvel flying, arms straight out, Mm -hmm. ISIS, arms back. Mm -hmm. Actor's Mm -hmm. choice? Uh, whatever they called for. <laughs> I didn't know if that was your <laughs> Because they're touch? seeing it on the monitors and okay. they know what they're looking for. Did you go with arms straight out or did they ask you? I'm just interested because it's like you got the side-by-side thing and you go two different You know what? Techniques. I think we probably did like two or three days of let's run by. Okay, arms out. This last five minutes. Okay, bring her back now. Okay, now you're going to do five minutes, arms back. Stop traffic. Here she comes again on the bus. I like the arms back. It looks a lot better. I think it looks awesome. Well, and and again, that Facebook page, you mentioned some of those pictures. Those are out there, too, so we can see you doing some of the sense. You mentioned animals. (laughs) You worked a lot with animals. Um, Uh (laughs) We're going to go to another question here from John Falk. How many ravens did you work with on the show? Yeah, i got to ask you about Tut the Minor Bird. Um, They're horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put a raven on your shoulder. (laughs) Difficult? It's not the finest idea, you know, and I was, you know, again, so young, so adventurous. Yeah, here, put it on my shoulder. Anyway, we didn't do that a lot, and um, it was one of the producers who had the voice of the bird. So there you <laughs> yes, go. He's talking about one bird, or do they have multiple bird. birds? Oh, no, I think we only had one raven. One t- there is only one tut. Yeah. On. And, he's, and he's going to get Captain Marvel all the time, who's up in the hills picking out rocks. I mean, he's got to go Well, get you know, you have to look at the whole thing, the fact that the bird was, was one of the spirits on the show. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, toughest challenge shooting the series? Not getting picked up for prime time. <laughs> was there talk of it? I mean, had they mentioned that at yes, all? Yes, after the second year, I was, what are we doing on Saturday morning? So they, re- they replaced me as a cartoon. And then, um, did they ask did, you about doing the voice of the cartoon? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so that wasn't even an option. No. No. Okay. I said goodbye, and they said goodbye. And then I had the pleasure of working with Nicholas Hammond on the pilot for the Spider-Man series. Oh, the great episodes, uh, parts one and two, the Deadly Dust. Yeah, we want to ask you about that, where you played Gail Hoffman. Reporter for the Miami Beach, uh, the Weekly Examiner. What was it like working with Nicholas Hammond on that on that ep- episode? What a charming gentleman! I'm so disappointed they didn't pick the show up because I thought we made a tremendous pairing. Okay, I want to ask you because you, like you that get the end reaction. No, it's uh, you get to the end of that episode and it's like it looks like you guys are going to get together and then you, there's no joy in the camera. And so, had they talked about bringing you on as a regular? They certainly did when they presented the initial idea, and then when they got picked up. And they came up with a replacement, which didn't make me very happy. Okay. Yeah, it's just one of those Hollywood things, I think. But, yeah, I want to talk about that episode because it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, you talked about stunts. I'm guessing you didn't ride the motorcycle. Nope. Okay. Oh, those, you know, there's things they don't let you do. Right. But there's a fight in, the old we- in an Old West set. We and did it, it. Okay, it looks okay. like you jump from the top of the barn into the, the hay. Is that you? That's me. And again, we, had, we you know there are fabulous stunt women, and I'm sure that they were used many times on my shows. Don't let me lead you to think I did everything, because there's a lot of things they go no, uh uh-uh. uh. And I did have a lady who was a stunt person on ISIS, and I'm sure I had a stunt woman on Spider Man. 
You don't go out and do stupid things and get scratched up or get a broken fingernail or, you know, ruin your face. Well, no, that's the thing. You watch the motorcycle and it's like, no, there's no way it's her. But then you see the the hay, the jump into the hay. I'm like, oh, I think she actually did that. Yeah, that looks like an amazing stunt. So um, you certainly have a memorable scene working with uh, the great Robert Alda. What was it like working on that scene and working with Robert Alda in that? Um, again, rarefied air, because you know you're working with a legend. You're the lead in the show. The crew is huge. Everybody's sweet. You know your lines. You know, you're yeah. going to make up an hour, a hair an hour. You're ready to go. Did you anything? I mean, did you have any kind of background in in like knowing superheroes or comic books or because you you're kind of in these superhero properties now? No, so, um, you know because I knew you were going to ask me this question and I talked it over with my other half. I literally was brought up on Marvel, DC Comics, yes. Little Lucy, Archie. But <laughs> after one gets into a certain age in school um, and other things, your time is kind of eaten up. Yes, you were you're busy bringing them to life so that we could enjoy them. Well, I never had any idea of doing this when I was in college, I promise you. <laughs> All this was brought to me, and I was very grateful to um, live in, in Beverly Hills and participate in the moving industry when the greats were still alive. Studios were just, you know, studios, they weren't owned like, by massive corporations. Yeah. Um, and it was just a phenomenal experience. Wow. What was your favorite part about portraying a superhero? Because we talked to some other actresses, and they say, like, when they were shooting these things, they didn't realize the impact that they had on young... I would say that's real close to it, because you you can then sometimes just go anywhere, and people are just, they're amazed and delightful. And now I'm getting this role of moms and people who say, you know, we bought the DVD, we showed it to our children, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so that that humbles you, and... and, uh, it um, realizes what a unique time it was. Yeah, and you had, and with filmation projects, you had those morals at the end of the show. So we're always learning something. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you could get that done today, but now that you mention it, well, I knew never um, to hike in a canyon and get trapped under a rock. I knew that. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I did mm-hmm. learn that. But yeah, you and Jackson Boswick and John Davy taught us so much. How? What do we? Well, that was another question that came in uh, from Tony Corbett. How do you feel about today's children's programming? Do you think we're missing something? You know, I don't see enough of it. I do, I do watch occasionally the whole Disney Channel uh, with um, friends' children. I think you have to select the programming, but there's some amazing um, product out there for children. You just have to find it. Do you, I mean, do you th- ever think we'll see something like that again? Where I you're doubt just kind of yeah. Well, it's nice, like you mentioned, Maybe we have the DVDs. You know, and... Some network who might pick up something like that, but. Yeah. It wasn't long after you shot Spider-Man uh, that you quit acting. Any particular reason? Well, I think you heard I was a little disappointed, wasn't I? On that one, yes, and as were we all because we wanted you in Spider-Man as well. well. How gracious of you because after a while you do get to a point and it's like, well, this is what I'd really like to do and nobody wants me to do it. So I did try some direction and um, I did produce something as an adventure for um, children, and again, I just, um, well, you know, I think you have to have a great agent. I didn't have one at the time. It's very competitive, and so I went back to school. I and, moved. And that, and that brings, well, you got into, what, the healthcare industry for a little while? 
following I acting? I lived on the Monterey Peninsula, uh, mid-80s to, you know, right past 1989, something like that, maybe a little earlier in the 80s. And I entered the healthcare field, and I went back to school, and I thought I was going to be an RN, and the last two years just seemed incredibly expensive. So I went to my counselor and said, I'd like to have a degree. And he said, fine, you have marketing and healthcare. I had been a staffing coordinator for a rather large healthcare agency and had learned a tremendous amount, learned a tremendous amount, whole other field, et cetera. And again, just a, a twist in my life I hadn't expected. Took my degree and moved from the peninsula. And now I'm in the big island of Hawaii. That well, yeah. If you, if anybody heard the top of the show, realizes that you are there now, and tell everybody what you're doing there. This is pretty interesting. Well, how gracious of you. I do run a small retreat hotel. I live at the north end of the island, and uh, it is spectacular out here. The old, it is a very old hotel, and it took about ten years to recover. It's on a magnificent garden orchard. Um, the lady who ran it was Japanese Filipino. And she put in probably 70, 80 macadamia trees. Uh, the mangoes are currently in bloom, and there are four what I call mother mango trees. They're huge. Did anybody who's staying at the hotel go in and all of a sudden they're like, whoa, you look familiar? I have uh, had that. Okay. A little bit. But um, as I've told you, I live you know, a fairly quiet life. And I don't put a sign out, but every once in a while, someone, um, because of my voice and the way I walk, they tell me. Yeah. Well, you're not, you're <laughs> obviously not wearing the ISIS me. outfit. <laughs> the, the ambulance. Um, may I say, I, I basically look the same, and I apologize for not sending you a current picture, but we're all trying to do new things this year, and we'll try to get some new photos. No, no worries, no worries. It's been on my list. I can't imagine, like, tuts flying around or anything like that, or, you know, people, you know, tipping off your, your secret identity or anything. But So if people have recognized you, and you're like, yep, that's me. Yes, and I also am down... Um, kind of in that Monolani Resort area with something else I do. And um, because you're out in the public, people of a certain age are very gracious and say, you know, let me ask you a question. Yeah. And I'm sure that anyone who has been in the industry before um, has experienced the same thing I have recently, which is the fact that the social media has brought everything you've ever done to the public. Yes, it does, and you, you've you led me right into it. Yeah, I talked about the Facebook page. I talked about the ISIS uh, fans that are out there, thousands of them. Uh, William Desenberg wants to know, are you out there on social network? Is there any way for fans to find out more about you? Not at this time, because there's so much out there already. But that's encouraging, because that sounds like it's coming in the near future. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't actually know where to jump in. I ride my bike when I can have the time. I play golf. All my friends swim and surf, so I try to stay in shape so I can actually go on the beach with them. Uh, the ocean is very rough out here, so I don't swim here. I'm basically a pool or a pond swimmer, as in you know, gorgeous Hawaiian palm water. If you want to come to an adventure, come to the big island of Hawaii. Our volcano's going off. Um, this is where they have Ironman cycling. I'm a huge fan of cycling. I think it's I think it's a great sport. Oh, it sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing. Um, on, the, on the final episode of Shazam, Isis and Captain Marvel, they asked each other for their autographs. Yes. 
Uh, the fans want to know, is there any way the fans can get in touch with you to, to get some of those, those pieces of memorabilia signed? Uh, you can, I sign a lot of things. You can send it to Post Office Box 1208, and you spell it Kapa'au, which is K-A-P-A-A-U, Hawaii. And the zip here is 96755, and it'll get directed to me. Oh, that's and fine. I do try to send it out. If I haven't sent it out, I should mention that, and I apologize because um, I have a stack of things now I should sign. I don't send out pictures because I don't have anything really recent, and most people, if they want me to sign an ISIS photo, they send it. That's so. Well, you've given us the information, too. And you mentioned uh, possibly social network in the future. We'll look forward to that. Any appearances? Do you do any nope. conventions or anything like that? Are you open nope. to something like that? Um, you know, I've often wanted to go to Comic-Con <laughs> in San Diego it's coming because up. it's close, but <laughs> that's it. Is there you possibly know, possibly an ISIS appearance this year? Um, I would come as Joanna Cameron. <laughs> well, if you wear a tennis outfit, it's pretty close. No, and that's you know part of why I agreed to do this with you is the fact that I am um, just tickled that people actually remember such a small part of all my work. I think of myself as someone much like a painter who has a lot of works, and they give you this portfolio to look at, and you look at one of them, and that's the one they know. That's the well, and especially with superheroes being so big today, comic books, mm-hmm. it, people, and it, obviously people like me from my generation when we sat around Saturday mornings, you guys mm-hmm. made it amazing for us. Um, Aren't you, guys, you You guys brought these characters to life. That's I mentioned that to Michael Gray, to Jackson Boswick. Mm-hmm. I, I loved watching superhero shows. You guys made it entertaining, but you taught us something, and that's the key. I think that's, that's why this is so memorable, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a whole new generation, get the DVDs. We can, we can learn more from Joanna Cameron. You are so fine. Joanna, you are amazing. Uh, we thank you for, for being on the show today, taking the time. And do me a tiny favor. Please send me an email that gives me your link. I have a group of friends who are saying, what, you're going to take an interview? <laughs> I, will, I will absolutely do that. I will absolutely do that. Joanna, uh, I, I thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Much, much appreciated. It's a big aloha to everyone. Stay well. God bless America. And don't hesitate to stay in touch, all right? As you could probably tell, Joanna does cherish her privacy. She doesn't grant many interviews. In fact, just doing my own homework leading up to this episode, the chats that I found with her were few and far between. So the fact that she took some time from her schedule to talk to me, to talk to you out there in the Comic Book Central audience, that, that folks, is something really special. This was definitely, for you guys, a very rare conversation with the one and only Joanna Cameron. Do not keep this one to yourselves. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, hashtag share the lair, retweet the link. Family, friends, schoolmates, coworkers, if they like comic books, if they like superheroes, tell them about Comic Book Central. Tell them about this episode. Help get the word out. I can't do it without you guys. And I certainly could not put together today's show without Joanna Cameron. My thanks again to her for taking the time to visit with us today. You've got her address. You've got it there. She told it to you. Write to her. Tell her you enjoyed the interview today. Who knows? Maybe we're going to see her at one of these comic book conventions coming up. That would be a thrill. It's 40th anniversary of ISIS. That would be a very cool way to celebrate that anniversary. So hopefully we can see her there. We can definitely see her in The Secrets of ISIS. Now, 
Here's how you can do it. The box set of the complete series, unfortunately, that has gone out of print and very unfortunate for me because I didn't have a chance to buy it uh, when it was out. I didn't do that. So uh, you can find it on eBay. It is, be warned, it is a tad pricey. There is another DVD out there with just a few of the episodes. I think they just put seven of the episodes on that one. Uh, it's much cheaper, so at least you get some episodes that way. But you can watch the entire series. It's streaming on Hulu. You don't need Hulu Plus, so just on Hulu.com for free. It's streaming on there. All of the episodes are there. Again, keep in mind, these don't have those end tags where Joanna comes in and gives us a moral, something you know, something to live by. Those, to me, are the best parts of the series, but you do get the episodes, you do get to see her in action, you do get to see her save the day. All of them are out there, so check that out. For the crossover episodes with Shazam, those can be found on the Shazam box set. That's available for purchase at the Warner Archive, so check that out. Six crossover episodes total. Three were on Isis, three on Shazam. More on those episodes in just a moment. As far as The Amazing Spider-Man, still not on DVD. Ugh. That would be a great one to have on DVD. I know there's a Facebook petition uh, to get this thing out there, to get this on DVD. Uh, check that out. Who knows if enough people of Comic Book Central Nation gets together, we get people talking about this thing. Maybe we'll see an official release. That would be cool. I'm still watching my old lousy recordings I had from the 90s off USA Network. Uh, I still love it. They're awful. Their they're quality is horrible. They're broken up by commercials. They're edited. But it's Nicholas Hammond. It's Fred Waugh. Stuntman, he's on a building. He's actually climbing. It's very cool. Nicholas Hammond, episode 30 of Comic Book Central. We talk about that. If you haven't heard that episode, go check that one out. A lot of spidey goodness here on Comic Book Central. Folks, before checking out today, I also wanted to say thanks to Mike Luoma over at Glow in the Dark Radio. That is, Glow in the Dark Radio features serialized science fiction. And there's some free stuff out there. Hey, free stuff. Who doesn't want free stuff? He was nice enough to share the Comic Book Central promo. Uh, with his podcast audience, check this out. Take a listen and check out Glow in the Dark Radio. Do you like listening to audio science fiction? Are you a fan of writers reading their work? My name is Mike Luoma. By day, I play tunes on the radio. The rest of the time, I'm creating science fiction and comic books. And I bring my two worlds together each week with my Glow in the Dark Radio podcast, where I read you my stuff. You hear free science fiction audio adaptations every week. And I give away the audio versions after I've podcast them, too. Free science fiction audiobooks on iTunes and at audiobooks.com. I hope you'll check out my Glow in the Dark radio podcast or any of my free science fiction audiobooks at glowinthedarkradio.com. I'm Mike Luoma. Thanks for listening. Once again, thanks to everyone who's been working so hard to get the word out about Comic Book Central. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. You can send people over to the website. It's comicbookcentral.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. That's the easiest way you get there. You get all the episodes in all at once. You can listen to them at your leisure. The link is on the site. Please, if you would take 60 seconds, if you're in iTunes, just to review the show. That always helps. I really appreciate those that are doing that. Like the show on Facebook. Share the new episodes once they're posted on Saturdays. It's facebook.com slash comicbookcentralnetwork. Don't forget the network. And you can follow and retweet the show on Twitter. Hashtag share the lair. It's at comicbookctrl. Of course, you can always drop me a line, joe at comicbookcentral.net. Always love to hear from new listeners. Our mailman virtual, Willie Lumpkin, he did deliver a digital message from a new listener, Russ Eckel. Russ writes, 
Just found out about your podcast and I am loving it. Thanks so much. It's the podcast I would do if you weren't doing it already. Well, thanks, Russ, for writing in. You don't have to do the work. I'll do the work. You just listen to it. I'll bring the guests to you. Glad you discovered Comic Book Central. I really appreciate you checking it out. Be sure to share the lair. Glad so many of you out there are discovering the show each and every week. Again, folks, that is due in no small part to your efforts. You're getting the word out there. You're sharing it. I appreciate it. This gets it to so many different people. I love when you do that. It builds the Comic Book Central audience. It builds Comic Book Central Nation. It gets these cool conversations out. Some of these folks haven't talked about these shows in a long, long time. So these are, again, today, very rare interviews. So get these out. I really appreciate it. Keep it up. All right, that's it for today. Time has gone. Those Zephyr winds are going to lift me up to fly on out of here. But they're going to bring me back very soon because next week on Comic Book Central... It is the conclusion of Filmation Celebration. I mentioned those ISIS and Shazam crossover episodes. As you heard on today's show, Joanna Cameron appeared in those episodes alongside the actor who took over the iconic role of Captain Marvel in season two of Shazam. He filled those yellow boots of the big red cheese. He tossed boulders around like toys in the canyons of California. He taught us right from wrong, just like Isis did. Actor John Davey is going to join me next time to wrap up Filmation Celebration. Until then, watch out for those grizzly bears and escaped gorillas. Keep reading those comics. Thanks for joining me here in the lair. Comic Book Central, where comic books come to life. This podcast is intended for entertainment and education purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Comic Book Central and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivations, 3.0 Unported License. All of the content and names are registered trademarks and copyrights are their respective holders. People who come from different backgrounds or different countries deserve the same respect that we give to anyone else. Putting someone down because they speak a different language or is a different color than we are just doesn't make sense. What does make sense is treating others just the way we want them to treat us. See you next week.